Hello, everyone, and welcome to Failing Forward. I'm here with Dr. Fatma Zenu, who is the mother of our Women on the Move program in West Africa, and who has worked with VSLA groups for many years. She's going to discuss the examples from the early years of VSLA and what we can learn from our failures in those years. The original version of this podcast, Tell Yourself You Don't Know Everything, was recorded in French, and Reshma Khan has kindly done the translated version in English for us doing the voiceover of Dr. Fatma. Can you introduce yourself for the group? My name is Fatma Zanu, and I'm the manager of West Africa's Impact Growth Strategy, Women on the Move. Today, we're going to talk about examples from VSLAs and what didn't work. Why is it important for us to talk about failure? Success builds as much from failure as it does from success. So it's important where certain VSLA principles come from. VSLA has been around for more than 25 years in Niger, and it's replicated in a lot of countries. I think people are replicating particular pieces and ideas without knowing where it comes from. It's important to understand that very history of VSLA. Can you describe the context of the examples that you're going to talk about today? The context is the first few years of when we were creating and implementing the VSLA in Niger. VSLA started in just a few villages, and that was really our first experience with it. Then we were trying to figure out how to modelize the approach or to turn the experience into model that we could replicate. The time I'm talking about is when we really started to see the first scaling of VSLA beyond a few villages. At the time of this example, we had VSLA groups in several regions, six of the seven regions that Niger had at the time. What didn't work at that time? I'm going to talk about the example of the yearly share out. That's the time in the year when the group distributes all of the money they saved, including the fines and interests from loans, amongst the group members. Then they start saving again. Today, we call that the saving cycle. But at the time when we started that here in Niger, that was something we didn't accept at all in the beginning. Women in the villages were doing it, but we didn't want to. Why not? You can imagine that when we first started putting groups into place, our interest was really focused on the money that the groups collected. So when, we, when women, for example, collected 100 francs, which is about 20 US cents each per week for 52 or 50 weeks a year, with 25 members in the group, that adds up to a certain sum of money. During the year, women have taken credit and paid it back with interest. If you distribute that money, the credit fund becomes zero and the group starts with nothing, restarts with nothing. At the time, we saw that as a loss of capital. So with a purely financial vision of what was happening, that gave the impression that this was a bad thing. At the time, we saw VSLA as a completely financial issue. We were even calling these VSLA banks. When you look at them as only a bank, then this is a really bad thing. It's like all of the work we had done around it was useless. In one year, the bank had collected so much money. And now, every year, at the end of the year, we were asking to start from zero again. What's behind that? Why didn't we want to accept what the community wanted to do? At the beginning, when the women who were doing the field-level training realized that this was happening, they were afraid to even talk about it. And when they started to talk about it, we said, oh no, that's bad. If you see any situations like that, it's really serious. We've been telling people all year that this idea works, and that means it doesn't work.
Finally, by the time the discussion came to the program level, there was an evaluation that demonstrated that in reality that share out was a very good thing instead of it being negative as we thought. It allowed the group to first do their first test to be sure that it really was their money. Today, every group you talk with will say, yes, now we know that this is our money. Because they have had a lot of experiences in the past where people have them collect money and then someone comes to take the money and then the women never see the money again. But this allows women to see that the money is really their own money and that they can use it for their own good, making their own decisions. The evaluation also showed that the first share out allowed women to test the model and to clean house in the sense of good governance, where members who were reticent during the year know that they're not going to come back because of their behavior. So that allowed the group members to gracefully clear out any certain members who didn't behave well during the first round, and it allowed the group to get new members who were more committed. Another important thing it did was make it possible for individuals to invest. Because a woman from a village who has never had that much of her own money at once, even if it's five to 10,000 francs, which is about 10 to 20 dollars, now she could invest the money in something important and bigger, like buying livestock or buying some land to build a house on or something like that. It allows her to feel that she has something of her own. She decided what to do with the money and that's very important for her to build her own self-confidence. You said two things I'd like to follow up on. The first is that the women field staff were afraid to even tell us that this was happening. And the second is that it was because of an external evaluation then told us it was a good thing that we started to believe it. In your opinion, in your opinion what creates that situation, that mistrust of something that the women themselves are doing? We always need somebody from the outside to tell us that something works, and we don't listen to the women in the community when they tell us. If someone else tells us, then we let the women do what they wanted to do all along. That's the real question, isn't it? Look at this initiative that the community owns. That ownership is what we're really looking for at the foundation of everything. We want to have something that the community will own and that they will adapt to their own needs. Sometimes their needs don't correspond to our vision. When that happens, we should move towards what they need and what they want as long as it doesn't pose an ethical problem. In this case, women put their needs forward and it took us a little time to accept that they were right. As an organization, we really need to create the space and come up with initiatives where the voices of the people we're working with for are more important than our own voices. That is really important. Because often we think of ourselves as the technical experts. And from an expert in microfinances view, once the money is shared out, it becomes useless. That's what happens when you're looking only at the indicator of how much money is currently in the credit fund. But women, the women who we serve, didn't see that as a priority. They saw other priorities. The only reason we're talking about VSLA and VSLA cycles today is because we finally listened to what those women were telling us. But the conversation isn't over yet. Lots of projects today still treat VSLA like it's only about finance and banking. That's why they're still called savings and loans associations. But the groups go beyond just savings and credit. They become associations for women's social, economic, and political empowerment. So we really have to create that space and tell ourselves that we do not know everything. We don't own all the knowledge. 
Communities have knowledge too, and we need to co-create with them to have initiatives that will be relevant and that will lead to profound change. What's the major lesson you take away from all this? I think CARE learned that lesson, that when we turned the approach into a model, we integrated the share out into the approach and we transformed that into the VSLA cycle. Today, anyone creating a VSLA anywhere in the world, you see that the group does the share out and it's normal. But we're still learning the lesson when we think about the work of putting groups into networks and federations. When groups get together to create a bigger account with all of their money, we need to take this into account. ShareOut continues to be a tool for the groups to have good governance and we should value it for that. The other big group that we, the big lesson that we had was that groups continue to function. Today, we can still find groups in Niger that were created in Niger in 1991. I think it's because of that flexibility, that openness, and the willingness to listen to the VSLA groups that exist today. Because people had the flexibility to make their own choices and really own the model. That made it possible for the approach to be sustainable over time and to transition to so many different contexts. If you could do it all over again, what would you change? In some ways, that time, um, in some ways that time is already passed to change the model of VSLA. But in terms of putting groups into networks, I would really like to see us integrate the idea of the share out into the federation model. And it's not the question of share out that we should be focusing on. It's the idea of creating space to analyze and co-create with communities when we are starting any initiatives. I would say that in the future, when we want to go somewhere we've never tested an approach, we should be telling people that it is their approach. It is not our approach. It is not CARE's approach. We're there to help them accomplish their goals, and it is not simply to please us that they should be doing things. There are lots of people working with forms of VSLA all over the world today. What's one action that you would recommend for them based on your experience? The message that I really want to share with everyone who is working on VSLAs anywhere in the world is that they should remember that finances are just one aspect of empowerment. VSLA groups, saving groups, whatever you call them, create capacities beyond just economic empowerment. They're also about the ability to make decisions, about building self-confidence, the ability for women to work together and to put their voices together. I want everyone who is working with the VSLAs to keep in their hearts that the groups will also advance these other aspects. Because individuals and communities are not just one thing, but actually there are many things together. To exist, I need my family, I need my community, and it's not just money that will get me there. I also need the ability to solve problems and make decisions. Money cannot solve everything. I know it's really important, but people who work with savings groups should consider other dimensions as equally important as the savings and credit aspects. This morning I was in a meeting and somebody said that as development actors, we're much more comfortable building capacity than we are creating commitment. One of the big successes of VSLA groups is that they create this commitment with women. Women themselves own it. So what can we change so we're focusing more on the ownership and the commitment and not just on capacity building? 
VSLA is one of the biggest success examples for creating ownership. Women feel that it's theirs. Even if we came to kick the process off, they know that it's for them. What's really interesting about that and what we should be replicating in more activities is that once a group has graduated, we leave them. Even if we're working in the same area, we let them work on their own. We come back to see them from time to time to see how it's going and what's evolving. And it's the lessons from those follow-up visits that allow us to create the training modules that we have today. When we have interventions where communities are just beneficiaries, you can't expect that you'll ever move past capacity building. When communities are real stakeholders in the action and we really dig into what they know, we put what we know together with what they know, that's what will create ownership and commitment. Today, if you look at VSLA federations and networks that exist in Niger, even the groups that exist without care have accomplished so much. They are going to keep doing things even when we're not there. That's because the women are engaged and they believe in what they're doing. For me, our interventions have to create more space to ask ourselves, do communities want this? We need to take time to better understand what they want, women, girls, men and boys, because we know that different people have different interests. That's when we will be able to co-create, to share what we know and really learn from them. That's when we'll be able to respond to what they need. Do you have any last thoughts to share with the audience? I can only say that it's so impressive. VSLAs have crossed a quarter century and they're still a success. And I'm sure that there are lots of successes from VSLAs that we don't even know about. It would be great to spend the time to learn more about these unknown successes and share them, not just with care staff, but with VSLA women themselves so that they can see what they've accomplished all over the world. Thanks for joining us today. Don't hesitate to write in with questions or comments, or if you want to share a failure yourself. Stay tuned for the next Failing Forward.